Hi, welcome to episode 6, why I believe you should subscribe to my podcast, Pouring It With Paula. Pouring It With Paula is a podcast that tells the story of my daughter Terry and the bullying and judgments that she had no choice but to endure. If you have just joined me for the first time and you're wondering why she had no choice, it's because those that judged and bullied were some nurses and doctors. I've heard it said, by some, that they are unable to listen to stories that have sad content, for fear that it'll make them cry, or concern for their own mental health. I get it, much of what happened to Terry was heartbreaking. Sadly, much of the judgments were based on false perceptions. The only way to fix something that is broken is to acknowledge that it is in need of repair. In order to make the necessary repairs, There needs to be a set of instructions. Sometimes instructions look exactly like instructions. And sometimes they can be found in someone else's story. My hope, as I've stated in previous podcasts, is to inspire kindness. I've come to believe that if each of us took the time to listen to one another's story and how the actions of others have affected us, Perhaps it would give us all some pause, and we'd be able to do much better. My name is Paula Friesen, and I am the host of Pouring It With Paula. I'm a wife. I've mothered many. I gave birth to three beautiful girls, two that walk and one that now flies. I'm a grandmother, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a cousin, a friend. And I received much of my education from the School of Hard Knocks. I'm sure most of you are familiar with that term, but for those that are not, it refers to life experience, which includes disappointments, real and practical experiences, hardships, and a wisdom that can be acquired if you allow it. During my enrollment at the School of Hard Knocks, I've studied much. For example, how to navigate in the Arctic as one of the only white children in a community adjusting to a completely different way of life than I once knew, learning how to navigate married life and motherhood at the age of 16, accepting that I had a child with cognitive delays that would have struggles that most would take for granted, being widowed at the age of 24 with three children that were eight, seven, and five at the time of their father's drowning meeting my now husband and figuring out how we could come together as a family. Terry's diagnosis of type 1 diabetes, walking beside my daughter while she was judged and bullied her entire life, finding my daughter unresponsive and watching her die four days later, navigating the journey of grief, learning who I was and what my purpose was after the loss of my daughter, battling breast cancer, and then learning how to live while once again not feeling whole, living through a pandemic, the loss of family members and friends over the years. Now, these are just a few examples of what it's been like to live my life. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking that my life has had so much hardship and it's just too sad to listen to but it's actually the complete opposite. Yes, it's been a heartbreaking journey, no doubt about it, but let me tell you, this old life has given me some incredible gifts. 
I've worked tremendously hard to do my best to look on the bright side, and I'm forever grateful for those who sat with me in the dark during the times when I was unable to see that bright side. I've learned much through other stories, and I thank you for the gift of instructions that has allowed me to work on making the necessary repairs, repairs needed to live my best life. Some of the greatest teachers most likely had no idea that they were even teaching us, but they taught by example. It would appear as though I have not yet graduated from the school of hard knocks, and perhaps I never will. But thus far, I believe it's given me an incredible education. For example, growing up in the Eastern Arctic as the only white child taught me how resilient the indigenous people are. I learned resiliency by their example. Also, learning a different language and speaking fluent with your sister is incredible because it can drive your parents crazy when you're having a conversation, particularly my mom. My dad understood most. But we, if we wanted to have a conversation and we didn't want our mom to know what we were talking about, we spoke a nuk It was great. So if you're ever given that opportunity to learn a different language with your sibling, do it can be a lot of fun. Learning how to navigate motherhood and married life certainly presented challenges, um, but I'm forever grateful, um, first and foremost, to my mom and dad, um, as they certainly led by example, um, and showed us what real love looked like, um, as well as being tremendously loving parents and so for that I am so very grateful um, I think one of the biggest challenges when you're a teenage parent is not necessarily having people your own age that you can well you no longer really have anything in common with people that are your own age and you're somewhat lost hanging out with older people um, because <laughs> For me, anyway, I had this sense of insecurity and, uh, you know, was, were they looking at me like I was just this stupid teenager? Um, they had experience in life that I had yet to have. Um, and hats off to a lot of them. I made some tremendous, or we made some tremendous friendships. Um, and they also helped us to be successful and for that I'm grateful. When I first realized that Terry had some delays um, I really struggled with accepting that and I think it was it was not that I couldn't love a child that had a disability because that certainly wasn't even in question um, but it was more about what life would look like for her and the challenges that she would face throughout her life. And that broke my heart. And I didn't want to believe there was anything wrong. You know, and as time went by, the beauty that came from that is just incredible. I mean, I you hear parents so many times, 
you know, say, stop growing. Stop growing, little one. You know, you're growing too fast. And Terry had this way about her that was still childlike. And she made things more magical. And that part never went away. And for that, I'm... <laughs> wow, what a gift. I, I, I don't really even have words to explain that while it was difficult and while I wished that she could read and write and be afforded the same opportunities that many others could, she had something that they didn't have. And it was beautiful. And I wouldn't change it. The drowning accident that took my husband and father of my children's life um, was something that was absolutely devastating. And if somebody had told me at that <laughs> in the beginning that there would be many gifts that would come from this, I would have thought them crazy. But wow, did we receive some beautiful gifts. I mean, they certainly did not make his death hurt any less. But I'm really grateful that we were able to see the gifts given. And one of those was the friendship that I developed with a woman who I admired so, just so much. And that was my grandmother, um, lovingly known as Mom Johnson. She was a fascinating, incredible beautiful, loving woman who had already lost the love of her life, my grandfather. And we bonded in a way that made us friends. And, it, you know, there were times my mom would say, what in the world do you guys talk about? You're on the phone forever. And we could chat about so much. And she, but she, I think, she just understood me in a way that nobody else did. And what a beautiful gift. I, I, you know, I don't know of many who could say that their grandmother was actually one of their best friends, a confidant. So thank you. The other gifts that we were given was recognizing that tomorrow isn't promised and living more for today. I think over time, during the grief journey, that the bereaved learns to appreciate the things in life that many people just take for granted. And there really is much beauty in that because I see joy in things that I think would surpass most people. And I think this became true for my children as well. It made them more compassionate, empathetic, more... a better friend, I believe. A beautiful gift, indeed. Meeting and marrying Tim brought us many gifts, one of which was the knowledge of just how much the heart can hold.
I think it was pretty amazing to the girls and I that this man could walk in and still allow us, I don't, that's not really the right word, but to not criticize or condemn or be threatened by the love that we felt for Terry. He, he was my husband and the father of my children. And Tim never made us feel that that was something that we had to throw away, that the heart could hold the love for all of us. I mean, how much better can it get? Even with the news of Terry's diagnosis of type 1 diabetes, there were gifts. I learned the gift of <laughs> how to deal with my anger because boy, was I angry. So I had to work through that and I had to learn how to do that while still trying to navigate all that diabetes had thrown us. Um, and there was a lot. I learned how strong my daughter is and that she was far more capable than I thought she was or that many others thought she was. She proved that she was a force to be reckoned with in many ways. And I was incredibly proud. I mean, obviously, I wished it could have been for any other reason than a chronic disease. But I couldn't change it, nor could she. And so we needed to find the gifts. Because I believe that in everything, there is a lesson or a, or a gift or something positive. And that's just how I get through each day. I found myself at a grief meeting two weeks shy of the second anniversary of Terry's passing. In that meeting, there were several other parents who had lost their children some extremely recent. As I looked around the room, I saw little bits of me. There was a lady there who had lost her son three weeks before, and she couldn't hold her head up. That was me. And in that meeting, I, I, my daughter, Allie, went with me. And in that meeting, <clears throat> the facilitator talked about how rare it is to be with your loved one when they passed away. It was much more common if it was somebody elderly um, to have family with them but quite rare to be with your child or to be with somebody young. And I remember in that moment, I was a little bit irritated because I thought, how in the heck could that be a gift? That haunted me for two years. I Every day I replayed the events of a four-day period over and over and over in my mind. And I had somebody standing there telling me that it was a gift to watch my child die. 
By the time I left the meeting that day and on my drive home as my daughter and I talked, Allie and I both suddenly realized that it was a gift. And it changed how I looked at all of it. And I am extremely grateful that I was able to hold my daughter's hand while her heart stopped. The death of my daughter brought me to my knees and learning to navigate the journey as a bereaved parent would prove to be the most difficult thing I would ever have to do and continue to do. I mean, it's the price of love and the only way that I'll stop grieving my daughter is if I wake up one day and I no longer love her. (laughs) And that's not going to happen. I'm always going to love her. And so I'm always going to miss her. I had worked really hard over the years on my grief journey and trying to learn to be... I knew I was never going to be a whole person again, but as close as I could get, because there was always going to be that piece of my heart that only Terry could fill. But I was working pretty darn hard at trying to move forward and how that would look with her not physically here, but in my heart. When, and I think I was starting to get a pretty good grasp on on how to live. When, boom, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. And I was ticked. I was like, really, really? I mean, I've had enough. I'm done, I am over it. I've got no fight left in me. I, Remember, my family, my my daughter was with me when I was given the news. And Maggie fell apart. And so did Allie when she learned of the news. And Tim tried his best, but I knew that he was struggling as well. And I was mad. And I remember telling them all, I got no fight left in me. I'm done. I am just done. And for the first time, I threw myself an all-out pity party. And I discovered I had quite a bit of talent in that area. (laughs) Because, boy, was it a good pity party. And I remember sitting there in the middle of my pity party, wallowing in my own sorrow, thinking, you know, I've got to be the dumbest person on the planet. Because if there's a lesson in all of it, I'm not getting it. What am I supposed to be getting that I'm not getting? And with that, one of Maggie's friends showed up, Shanna. And God love her. She sat with me in the dark when I wasn't able to look on the bright side. As I spilt my guts and said the very same thing to her that I just said that I have to be the dumbest person on the planet. 
because I've had so many trials and tribulations. And if there's a lesson that I'm supposed to be learning, I'm not learning it. And with that, Shanna looked at me and what she said to me was profound. Because she asked me if I had ever stopped and wondered if perhaps I was the lesson. In no way did I suddenly think that I had the answer to life's problems. But I was certainly very well aware in that moment that I needed to share my story, her story, that our journey may have a takeaway or a gift for somebody else. Because I believe each of us has something to offer the world. I wake up every day and I choose every day. I try to choose the glass half full. I don't always get there. I certainly have my days where <laughs> it's half empty. And that talent that I have of throwing my own pity party isn't far from the surface. And I think the same can be said for most of us, but it's what we learn in life, I believe, that makes life beautiful. Should you find yourself enrolled in the School of Hard Knocks, I wish you the very best. And I hope you have that someone or find that someone that will sit with you in the dark when you can't look on the bright side. In the words of my daughter, don't forget to smile, even if it's through your tears. Thanks again from the bottom of my heart for joining me today. It would mean a great deal to me if you subscribe to my podcast, Pouring It With Paula. You can find me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser, Pocket Casts, Podcast Index. You can also follow me on my Facebook pages, Pouring It With Paula and Not Who They Thought. And I also have a podcast website, Buzzsprout, or Pouring It With Paula.buzzsprout.com. Thanks again for joining me and God bless.